Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever sitting in here on a Tuesday. Tyler, it is an amazing day outside, an amazing day to spend three hours inside. Talking sports with you, buddy. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I took a like a four-mile walk, I think, today, just around like downtown. And uh, I was like tweeting about how nice Louisville. I thought it was funny. I was tweeting, all, like, Louisville has great parks. And then I decided to walk around like downtown and Waterfront Park. I didn't even go to like... <laughs> One of the you parts. know like Cherokee or or Tyler or something like that, but um, yeah, man, it's gorgeous. Like as soon as I woke up today and saw how nice it was, I was like, I am one hundred percent going to take a long, long walk today, and I'm glad I did because it's awesome. Well, today is a great day, uh, if for no other reason than this, Tyler. Today is officially the last day at the helm of your favorite and mine, one of the more popular people in this city for sure mark emmert his final day (laughs) at the helm of the ncaa has come it is ended with him uh leaving with uh, the ncaa basically having accomplished i think nothing i saw Stuart mandel earlier say congratulations here's a comprehensive list of things mark emmert uh accomplished while president of the ncaa and it was Nothing. The same amount yep. that I accomplished as president of the NCAA. Uh, and he is, his career is now over uh, as NCAA president. The only thing we've really discovered is that his wife tweets lots of terrible things <laughs> in the last uh, couple of days. I mean, think about how hard it is to be like universally disliked in, in sports, really in anything. But I think Mark Emmert's accomplished that in an amazing way. And, and that's... It's a horrible legacy to leave, but, uh, you know, frankly, it's deserved because he, it's weird to, uh, I've been trying to think of how to phrase this because he's a leader who, who, when he tried to take actions, he was taking the wrong actions. And then when they actually needed leadership and some direction and some you know, in this era of college athletics, when it's rapidly changing, he sat back and was just like, "Man, you know, yeah, y'all figure it out." And that's just so strange. You know, it's like obviously you wanted or had some ideas, or basically the ideas you had when you actually wanted to do something weren't good, and then when someone needed to have some ideas at this like flesh point for college athletics. You kind of just were like, eh, you know, I think I'm going to be done. You guys figure this out. We'll be good. And it's not good at all. Yeah, if you want to know uh, how uh, ineffective someone can be as a leader, I just want you to imagine how badly you would have to mismanage whatever it is that you're in charge of that when people took you to the Supreme Court, you got... A, you got unanimously rebuked by the court. Yeah. Like, that's how badly things went. That those nine people who probably don't agree which direction is up most days all agreed. Look, I, we don't know necessarily what the right thing to do here is, but with you, we know you ain't right. Yeah. Like that, that's super hard to do. 
Uh, I think it's a the main. The, well, there's a lot of issues I can take with Mark Ebert, but I, I'm just going to stick with the one that is most recent in my mind and most prevalent right now. Uh, you and I are on a basic agreement level of like NIL is a is a very good thing, and, and I I love the fact that athletes are able to profit to finally profit because they basically have had jobs for all this time. Being a college athlete is having a job, and the amount of money that it raises and the amount of revenue it generates, not only for schools, but the networks and such, like, they were not getting a fair... They're still not getting a fair shake, even with NIL. Like, uh, the next uh, domino to fall, I think, is getting more of a cut of the actual, like, broadcast revenue at some point. That's a discussion for another time. Um, But the issue was, is that this just started to happen... And there was no governance. There was no, like, okay, here's how it's supposed to go. It, it was just, like, this free-ranging, all right, here it is. Yeah, you guys can do this now. And, and I think that's why we see uh, this, you know, I can't decide if the NCAA is actually going to try and enforce. Like, I know they had the Cavender Twins with Miami, which, by the way, what a weird point to start uh, as like the first case of something to really investigate or like try to do, it just seemed strange. Oh, you know they were absolutely dying to to try to do something with Ruiz just to send a message. Yeah, but as a whole, it's like the NCAA. If it wanted any chance at survival, which ultimately I don't think it has much of one, it needed, not not anywhere close to what it is now for sure. Right, right. It needed to take an actual organizational like step forward or a standpoint on the most prevalent issue going on right now. And instead, it, it decided to like, nah, you know what? You guys figure it out. It's like, what? What are you doing? And, and ultimately, that's going to be, there's a lot of stains on his legacy, but that is going to be a major one, is that when there was a time for some leadership, even you remember this, Mark, when coaches were first going through this and even during the pandemic the lack of uh leadership and organization about how to go go about it that's ultimately i think what really just stamped it in terms of like this is what your legacy is and there's probably not coming any coming back from it no his legacy will be one uh as a feckless which is a wonderful word yes great word Uh, Failure. We had a texter who said it best. He was aggressively passive. Very well said. Yes. I actually wish I would have thought of that. Yep. Oh, I think that's exactly right. So uh, good riddance uh, to that guy, weird-looking, ineffective guy who spent a lot of money on lawyers. I don't know how else to describe him. Yeah, it's it's amazing that, you know, I think if certain – individuals and I'm not thinking of anybody specifically here I'm just speaking in a general way I think there are people out there who would have loved to be in a leadership position in college athletics in this time to be able to embrace these steps and really try to do something positive with it and it's a shame that somebody was in the helm who obviously did not want any part of that and was just like yeah you know nope like that was not what was needed in all of this. Uh, I, I'm not saying, you know, you need a commissioner or something. I know that's been floated around before about, like, college football, this, that, or the other. Not even getting that specific. But somebody just needed to have a plan. And there was no plan. And that's a, a pretty damning thing for this big of a development over the past couple of years. Well, look, we got a lot uh, that we will get into here Louisville baseball playing right now on our partners there on 970 so you can hear them uh they are underway there i do believe they uh are have already retired the top of the first so uh they are in action uh right now and tyler we're getting about to uh the absolute best time of the year man i don't know what your like sports fandom was like maybe growing up, but uh, uh, even for me, didn't grow up here, but I'm certainly, I think I feel like I'm among friends and family here. There's nothing better than postseason basketball, college basketball time, and these win, uh, do or die, win or go home moments. Uh, And we've literally already had one last night with Bellerman hitting a game-winning shot. That's all Scotty D does, man. It's just win ace on tournament games. Well, it's that, and also what a moment for a guy who deserves it probably more than anybody yep. 
at Bellarmine. I mean, Justin Betts, if you're not familiar with Justin Betts, like he's a six-year senior, former walk-on. Uh, I believe uh, Bellarmine's play-by-play, I-, I need to find his name off the top of my head here because I think he put it very well. Yeah, Jack Kaiser uh, on Twitter had... Justin Betts had an academic full ride to any school in Indiana coming out of high school. He gave that up to just play at Bellarmine, came in as a walk-on, worked his way to a scholarship player, and is rewarded with a moment like this uh, in his sixth year. That's what it's all about. you know. And and there's a reason Scotty holds Justin in such high esteem in that program, and it was cool to see him uh, get a moment like that. And obviously a huge challenge with with Liberty, probably the best team, uh, one of the best teams in the conference. No question, uh, but uh, props uh, to them. The first of what I hope will be many buzzer beaters uh, throughout tournaments uh, throughout the world of college basketball. And Louisville notwithstanding, uh, this this really is just the best time of year. No, you're already I, seeing the buzzer beaters. I love it. I know. They're I, everywhere. I just love it. They're every, the NBA, he, too. Yeah, and the NBA, uh, in the women's game with Caitlin Clark in Indiana the other day, that was an yep. amazing shot. Uh, I, I've seen plenty over the past couple of days. It's it's weird when we get closer it seems like you get a few reminders of how like awesome this really is and so uh it's the only time you're really probably going to catch me just watching like some some random mid-major games <laughs> like just like oh is that like a tournament semifinal yeah sure throw it on i'm gonna watch absolutely and i know this area obviously is is down with how louisville's done but i, I would think this area out of any in the country is still invested in watching the rest of the country and how it shakes out well, look, we've got a lot that we are going to uh, get into here throughout uh, the show here. I did not think, Tyler, that there would be at any point uh, a portion of this show that we would devote to the reports that Tom Brady wants to try his hand <laughs> at stand-up comedy. Sounds like the worst uh, idea of all time. But we'll have some fun uh, with that in a little bit uh, here. But we are getting close to now the end of the regular season on the men's side. The women's side is done. They're ready for the ACC tournament starting this week. The men's side, we've got uh, the senior night, so we've got the last home game, and then a miserable idea of uh, finishing the season at Virginia, which is never pleasant, I think, for just about anybody. Uh, But a a 9 o'clock tonight against uh, Virginia Tech team, I think he's had a little bit of a disappointing season uh, there as well. And kind of one last chance uh, to, to do something good at home for fans who have endured, uh, you know, a historically bad, bad season. Right now, Ken Palm project, uh, projects them to lose by by 10 or so uh, at home. It's a Virginia Tech team that's not having a great year either. 16 and 13. They've kind of just gone back and forth in, in the ACC, although they do have some random pretty good wins. They beat Duke, they beat Virginia, and they beat Pitt. Uh, but then they just got annihilated by Duke and lost to Miami, and they lost to Georgia Tech. So, like, this, there's almost no outcome tonight against this Virginia Tech team, Todd, that, that would surprise me at all. No, I, it's you and I talked about this on, on the latest episode of The Wrap uh, to our WHS 11 YouTube page. It's like, the Georgia Tech game was so weird because you felt good about Louisville, probably as good as you felt maybe all season because they played a tough stretch of their schedule – and showed improvement in some key areas. And then against Georgia Tech, it was like, it felt like a step back. And it did feel like a step back. And I'm glad you said that. It was just, and I think it's the, again, you and I have hit on this, but the lack of, there's no defensive improvement. And that is one area of the floor where, goodness gracious, like uh, we're not even talking about a high bar to clear in terms of improving over the course of the year. Like you have remained one of the worst defensive teams in the country. You have stayed there and not really shown much movement at all. Um, and that's something like if, if you're trying to grasp for anything tonight or in the last game or in the AC, it's like just show some sort of step defensively. Uh, you know, there's got to be. I thought the first half against Virginia when they were at the Yum Center was a good defensive half for Louisville. Uh, maybe Virginia and how they play played into that a little bit. Um, but that's an area of the floor where it's just like, man, I, I do not understand how there hasn't been much much growth there over the course of the year. And that, that was amplified at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I think that the, disappoint, uh, the, the Georgia Tech game was especially disappointing because it felt like – a 
a retreat. You know, it felt like it was a little bit of a giving up. And it was the first time I really felt like it was just kind of lifeless and ready for the year to be over. Like that is true. And I'm not sure that that's, you know, right. And maybe they'll prove me wrong tonight, you know, with with some with with a different kind of of effort here. But I thought that there was such a step backwards. I was demoralized. Yeah, truly was. I was demoralized by the way that they played in that Georgia Tech game because I expect I had hoped that what had really been, I think, a five or a six game stretch of what felt like like an obviously kind of different level of effort and engagement and intensity they just it's like oh it turns out that's not real after all well, it wasn't here to stay it's so interesting that we feel this way because they cut an 18 point lead down to five in that game like so so one thing that you and i had gone over many times was that they would get in these huge holes and it, it would just it would just get worse over the course of a game that quote-unquote like showing fight thing we always debate like they did there but then they just made the same old mistakes that widen the gap again and it it just makes you question it's like all right you you show growth and then you just step right back and the only way to really earn any sort of like positivity back like obviously it's senior night so like it's it's a different vibe all the way around and you want to try to leave your home fans with some sort of positivity in a year where, frankly, there's just very little of it. And they could have used it. You know, I, I think that for as much as you and I have talked this year about the, the general negativity uh, around the program, and I've been surprised, I think, by the, the intensity of it at times, uh, I also think it's true, Tyler, that people have been eager for just about anything that they can sort of that they can to grab onto you know as a way to to have some optimism about the future like i i think there are people who are as eager to be optimistic as there are people who are eager to be maybe even more oh of course you know that are eager to be negative about when things uh, have gone wrong and i felt like we were getting to a place where you could I really wasn't, you know what, I I wasn't hearing anybody say nearly as often, if at all. Like, it really did seem like we had kind of gotten to a place where the get rid of him right now stuff had really kind of died down. And there was a, it felt like kind of a peacemaking with the fact that, okay, look, this is more what we're looking for. Obviously, it has to get a lot better, but like, this just doesn't look like it isn't working. And, uh, okay, I understand. He's going to be back next year. And then all of a sudden, I thought, like, the George Tech game was just such a bummer yep. that a lot of that kind of got revived. Well, because, of the, first of all, the quality of opponent. is like this is someone yeah. you already played who's also not a very good team. You already played and you already beat them. Beat them, right. Once. So, like, I, I think I even said coming into it, I wouldn't blame anybody if they had as crazy as this is to say in here like this. If, like, if you had some confidence going into that game, about winning it, I would have been like, "All right, yeah, I can see that." Because you can't, you can't really say that about any game on the schedule this year with, with this group when you're four and twenty-five. But it's the the part about being desperate about wanting to be optimistic. Just look at the response to even just the the possibility that Dennis Evans is going to come to Louisville. You know, look look at really any recruiting development for Louisville men's basketball. Dennis Evans is just the latest one, but just the excitement from like. Oh wow! It seems like Louisville's in a great position to land this kid. Like that's how badly people like want this to work, or to feel like it is moving in a better direction towards working. Uh, because uh, there is actually, I feel totally comfortable saying this. In, in ter- if for any fan base in the country who is as invested in college basketball as Louisville fans are, whose roster construction? is going to be under heavier scrutiny going into next season than Kenny Payne in Louisville. I'm open to to suggestions on that because everybody here knows it's going to take a pretty big overhaul on things. I mean, you hope L. Ellis might come back. Who knows on that? You hope Mike James and Kamari Lands and Emmanuel Corfor, Holly Hatfield, like that group and trainer, you want them back. But I mean, every, Everybody else, who knows? 
And so I think that uncertainty and like the possibility to build is what people want to grab onto because it's what has to happen for them to feel better about this whole thing going into next year. Well, and, and look, I think the, the fascinating thing here is like the Dennis Evans news that, again, if you're if you're not totally familiar with what we're talking about here, we're talking about a legitimately five-star rated center prospect. a And in particular, uh, something as a player, I think, Tyler, you agree with me on this, this roster does not have a Dennis Evans. Like, there's... Oh, this no, is a, definitely he, he is limited offensively, but is... And is as raw as could be on the offensive end. It shows. This is like this is not a guy you would even want to try to give him the ball posted up. You want him blocking shots, running, and getting rebounds and lobs and putting them back. Yeah. But th- this team could desperately use that guy, and he's an extremely highly rated prospect. It's the very kind of kid that Kenny Payne that we thought would be a, kind of a regular thing. Uh, with Kenny, but like this didn't exist in people's minds as a possibility for Louisville a week ago. And, and if you are like, there's been a lot of, I think, kind of doomsdaying about Kenny. Well, if it's like this now, uh, just extrapolate it out into the future and it'll be this much worse. Right. Straight line from here uh, to there. And I do think it's fair to say here at the end of the season, we've got one more home game. Uh, tonight, which you can listen to here on 93 on the vote, but you, you've got one more home game tonight and one season in which it did not the like the absolute doomsday, now the, the record sucks, but like the idea that there was just going to be this kind of petering out of everything that there would be, you know, a hundred people at the last game you know, and, and that they, they, would, they would just be putrid and, and disastrous and that it would be like this huge like public embarrassment like that that didn't happen. And the idea that now that they're going to have this bad season and go off into the portal and go off into recruiting and, and how in the world are they going to get anybody after a season like this? It's this they're going to get it done. And that like we're going to hear about some more names, I would think, uh, it, here in the coming weeks. And all of a sudden, I think if he if he does well here, like if you could, if you could pull off Dennis Evans, like you can pull off a roster. Right? Yeah, and and I think I I do I think we're in an interesting time with, with the this whole idea of, of the roster overhauls and such because you know I, I can't help but think and I saw Rick Bozich wrote this today about the you know that this this would have been the super sixes senior night if everybody would have worked out and stayed here way back when, when Chris Mack signed that class right and it's you know all of this none of it's guaranteed obviously like just just because a kid is a four or five star recruit doesn't automatically mean that they are going to work out or or that they're going to stay here if it does work out. Um, but I think that shows you when you see the level of excitement that goes into just getting a highly rated recruit, like where this fan base is right now in terms of just anything that that they want, uh, because nothing has gone right this year. Uh, arguably the biggest win of Louisville season was the IARP ruling. Oh, I don't think there's any arguably about that. <laughs> yeah, like that's the biggest win you got, you know, that you're not getting a postseason ban or no matter what random SI blog from Minnesota wants to write about, uh, you know, oh my goodness, they don't get personalized recruiting videos. That's inevitable. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why, why would that matter at all to any kid? Uh, that's another topic, but... Yeah, it's it just shows you how desperate fans are. They're like, look, man, we, we got to get some positive momentum going into the offseason, especially as I can't help but not think of last year. Remember when Louisville put the, the video out around the tournament about like basically saying, like, we're going to be back here. You know, it, it was like a hype video per se and shows all the success. And you're not back there again. So something's got to fill that void and any positive recruiting news to help fill it would certainly help your image and reputation with the fan base. I think without question, I don't disagree with the, with really with, with any of that. And, and we had a text who said that the NCAA tournament and postseason basketball is like Christmas and Louisville season is sort of like telling folks that Christmas is canceled. 
you know, one of the reasons I wanted to bring up, and you mentioned uh, in the Georgia Tech game, you know, that they had cut an 18-point deficit to five at one point. Right. To me, like the the, the point of of what you you're saying when you say that that is that we really can't gloss over here is they were down 18. Oh yeah, to like a very to a, bad team, a really bad Georgia Tech team that they had already beaten and who has the same amount of nothing to play for that Louisville does, with the exception of maybe they have a little added motivation with with passing or rumored to be on some sort of hot seat or something. But other than that, I mean, there's there's no. It's shocking that they were down that much to a bad team, and it's got to change very 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 quickly like i don't think we're going there's going to be any taste especially if they just whimper out here in these last couple of games and just look like they don't belong you know the worse this looks at the end the better it has to look right away yeah i i think the when you have a season like this and it's a point that i've made before people can buy a plan or a longer term plan if the start of it isn't this bad like I've always said that because this season got to four and twenty-five, the pressure going in next year now on, on Kenny and the staff is so much higher to show like immediate results. Like if you go if you go into next year and in the first five games you are struggling with low major schools or losing to them like this year, no matter how close it is. There's, there's not going to be a lot of patience for that, if any, at all, especially after how bad this year was. And I can't blame anybody for that. Uh, I, I don't care what your opinion is on, on Kenny or the players or the talent level or the, the cloud or anything like that. I think we can all reasonably agree this Louisville team should not have been four and four and twenty-five. Like uh, any reasonable person could likely see that. This no, Louisville, I, I, this Louisville team should not be setting, you know, one, some of the worst metrics for a Power Six team in the history of college basketball. It should not have happened. So, it's yes, the fact that they were even down eighteen to Georgia Tech was like, man. That coming back to what we were just talking about, it, it felt like a step back because you really thought that part of the season might be over with. Uh, but clearly you just you don't really know what to ge- expect going into tech uh, tonight Virginia Tech all right let's go ahead and take a quick break here uh, and when uh, we come back I want to talk a little bit more about Evans in particular and and sort of maybe what that might represent uh, as far as a change and, and a new kind of avenue of doing things uh, for for Kenny and for Louisville basketball here going forward. I'm kind of curious what you think about that as well here. We'll hear from you guys throughout on the drive on 9th and the Ville. Right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever. We'll go and open up the phones if folks want to weigh in. You are more than welcome to do so. 3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line if you want to hit us up that way uh, as well. You certainly can do so. Tyler, I have had uh, all kinds of fun uh, reading the 
response or the the post that was made on like the Minnesota version of Sports Illustrated. I don't know. It's such a weird thing to talk about now, but yeah, like they've created all. You know, Matt McGavick does the Louisville version of this. They have created a team-specific kind of subsite for every right, every just about every team in, in college sports, and Minnesota has one too. Uh, and their representative, I guess the guy's name is Joe Nelson, wrote one of the funnier. It just struck me as humorous because it's so out of place in what you would normally see in just kind of capital J journalism. It very much felt like a message board post. Oh, like, it, like it, that's yeah, that's the tone that it had. No, it was like here's you know, a, a fan basically. Yeah. Well, not uh, even but the not even just a fan, but a poorly informed one at that. Yeah, an embittered one. Yes, hundred percent. Like you could be a fan. And still, like, I mean, I think that's part of the reason, like, SB Nation had some success and everything. It's like, you can you can be a fan and still write well and still write some reasonable stuff uh, as long as you're well-informed uh, about it. But clearly, this was not the case with that piece. So the posting uh, was about the rumors that Louisville's gotten involved with uh, five-star you know, seven-footer, shot block extraordinaire, Dennis Evans. He had signed a letter of intent with Minnesota, wanted to go there. And then in what has become a trend with basketball lately, you know, these high, really high-profile guys kind of getting cold feet at the last minute. I mean, we saw it happen with Kentucky. Like, we, we've seen it happen in a number of places, guys getting out of their letters of intent even after signing, but he has to be released. And the rumors started to fly almost immediately you know, from from folks that that this was something Louisville was involved in, and I, Tyler, just at first, the immediate reaction on the Minnesota side was this is like an NIL thing. Yeah. That you know that money talks or whatever it might be, and I I have to say I think you agree with me on this. I if you are somebody who covers a team, in kind of a beat writer role or or what or local just local sports role. Right. There's there's no value anymore in trying to paint somebody else as the bad guy because they mobilized money to get somebody. Like, I have news for you. You might want to turn on the TV or scroll a little further on your phone or whatever you look at, like, the freaking news. We're allowed to do this now. Right. And, and, and people doing this should not alarm you, and you certainly should not in any way sort of try to write something like... Well, you know, Minnesota's just trying to play, do things the quote-unquote right way, and poor old money bags jumped in here and stole their seven-footer from them. It's one of the corniest things I've seen in a long time. That Like, no one takes that tack anymore, do they? It's corny, and yeah, it's oblivious above everything else. You know, like, if you can't recognize what's going on anymore and just see it, then I, I, I don't really know what to tell you but also at a face value thing for a sec like as someone who who's not a louisville fan or anything but obviously has watched college basketball for a long time if i just heard of a highly rated kid who decided to flip from minnesota to louisville like let's let's just be honest for a second uh louisville's a much better program than minnesota significantly yeah i'm just uh, i'm kind of like okay yeah that kind of makes sense sure yeah i i don't i would not sit here and say oh you man he had to pay get money to go from minnesota to louisville it's like no that that seems like a pretty good decision just without the money involved what's up i mean i'm not trying to like i don't really care about minnesota either way i have no strong feelings towards minnesota but all you gotta do is just look at some tradition and history and a lot of other factors and be like yeah i think louisville is probably a better option for for college hoops than minnesota is well you certainly what you can't do is you can't look at this and say him going to louisville well that's fishy but him going to minnesota at all yeah is not fishy yeah i mean minnesota hasn't they don't put guys in the league they don't win games like they're not a it's not a good program and not even like even I look I would understand why this might be frustrating as a fan you're like man 
we're Minnesota and we're seven and twenty. Yeah. Seven and twenty, and we got a five star center coming in. I mean, I, I I'm not asking you to like it, but th- like this is the game, guys. Well, it's the to, game to, and to make it like you're sort of getting some sort of raw deal, everybody. This is the game. Well, and it's also like my brother in Christ, you are seven and twenty in year two of Ben Johnson. <laughs> year two. He's gotten worse. Year one, they were thirteen and seventeen, four and sixteen in the conference. This year they're seven and twenty and one and sixteen in the conference. Yeah, there's way there's more of an explanation for why he would ask out of his national letter of intent and want to come here than that he was going there in the first place. Well, like I read the the blog post, I was like, oh, that, you go to Louisville and they have four wins, and I'm like, well, okay, yes, Louisville's very bad right now. There's no question about it. But like, there's a scenario here where they finish with like. I mean, two or three less wins than this current Minnesota team. And at least Kenny is like in year one, not excusing anything, but Ben Johnson in year two has actively gotten worse with that program. I mean, we're, we're really, this tells you where we're at in this season when we're comparing a seven and 20 team and a four and 25 one. But that's right. That's still, right. like, Minnesota, to college basketball reference, is my best friend. Uh, one final four. In program history, zero national championships, uh, fourteen NCAA tournament appearances. Is that right? Fourteen, huh? Think so. That's cute. It's yeah, yeah. They have not been to the tournament since the 2018-2019 season. Uh, obviously, people were people around here probably know one. a decent amount about Minnesota because they probably kept up with Richard Petito when he was there. Well, we remember that 2019 NCAA tournament game too. Yeah, I have to say, you know, one of the cool things about the NCAA tournament is like just sort of interacting with fans and seeing fan bases and and game traditions that are that you just don't see on a regular basis. Right, like like. For Louisville fans 10 years ago in the 2013 run, Ram Boy, Colorado State's like super angry fan that was there in the crowd, the young guy, stuff like that. Uh, Minnesota, the you know, we do the CARDS channel around here all the time. They spell out Minnesota. It takes forever. Yeah, that would suck. I would never want to do that. I would, I would like just in like the ADHD kind of TikTok world we're in, man, I would totally peter out like the E every time. Their There's best, no way I'm doing all that. Their best season was going to the Elite Eight in 1989-1990 under Clem Haskins. We're familiar with Clem Haskins. Well, I, I am not because I was not born yet. But uh, still, the most noteworthy thing about Minnesota basketball is that they play in a place called The Barn. That's and, right. And the kids dress up as farm animals, which I love. But... Also, I never thought I would get to tell us, but when I went to Minneapolis for the Women's Final Four last year, we were just, you know, screwed around and in between work. And we were touring a lot of this. I've never been to Minneapolis. Uh, went and saw Minnesota's football field and also went and saw the, you know, Williams, the, the barn, the outside of it. And just a wild turkey is walking outside of the barn. Wait, what? I swear to you. Swear, I think I put. I might. I might tweet it once. Actually, probably I tweet everything. So, um, but yeah, so you're you're on the campus at the University of Minnesota. Yeah, you're outside the basketball arena that they currently play in. Williams Arena. Yeah, there's just a turkey. It was just walking walk, around. It was walking around. Yeah, it was just walking around outside the arena. Not a kid dressed up as a turkey, like an actual turkey. <laughs> And I'm like, this is way too urban of an area for this to be happening. Where did you come from? I was about to say, like, that is shocking. I know. You just don't see turkeys in the wild that often. Well, but but here's the thing, Mark. That turkey was there for the right reasons. That's right. (laughs) Not, Not there for any... Any of that NIL stuff. That turkey was there for the love of the game? Yep. That turkey is stuffed with nothing but heart, grit. That turkey cares about academics? And determination. La- first one in, last one out. Coach on the floor? Yep. That's exactly right. Fundamentally we'll, sound? We'll gobble you up on defense. There you go. You proud of that? Nah, I'm really you not, actually. Be. You I'm shouldn't be. pretty ashamed. But, but you know, yeah, that happened. 
if you go back though to earlier in the season, Tyler, we that's amazing. There's yeah, right. Turkey out there. It's yeah, pretty I'm, great. I'm 44 years old. I've seen one turkey in the wild in my life. I've seen way more than that. And it was well. Congratulations. I've seen it once. It was on the road. It was all, uh, on the side of the road, kind of hopping back into some brush when I was driving to Bloomington for the first football game of the year when they played Illinois. Back to, to the beginning of the year and, and maybe even go back to the summer and early fall and kind of the lead up to this year when one of the big talking points about Kenny and sort of the people's frustrations with him and why they're not happy with uh, the, the roster construction and then ultimately, you know, this, the season and sort of how it turned out. But one of the things that was perpetually kind of brought up was, you know, Kenny having a negative attitude towards NIL. And his attitude towards NIL has got to change. And it's holding them back. And people were, you know, when you're frustrated as, as people were and, and how things are going, everything annoys everybody. The question is, were we – I have a lead. Like, were we wrong – then for sort of the way we reacted to the things that he was at least was saying out loud or has he has he changed like if it's really true that louisville got involved and was able to convince dennis evans to ask to be released from his letter of intent and to come here because of nil like has kenny seen the light in this regard and if so like i don't i would think if you've been super negative about him because of this like you got to be encouraged by this, that he was that, that this is the very thing you were hoping to be able to do. I would say characterizing his attitude towards it, which I don't think you or I have ever, have ever done, but just in general. I never perceived him as negative towards NIL. I just thought he needed to adjust the messaging a little bit with it. Like he, it was almost like a, okay, yes, like this is fine, but he didn't accept how much of a factor it is now in kids' decisions to come here. Because his whole thing was like, look, yeah, we have NIL, but it's not going to be something I bring up to them as like, excuse me, a selling point, essentially. Like if a kid's own, if a, if a big reason for this kid coming here is NIL, then like, yeah, I, that's, that's not it. But I think he's gotten a a pretty harsh lesson in, hey, yeah, actually that, that matters now. It matters a lot. And I continue to not understand why anybody would react negatively to a kid weighing that so much in their future. Like, can we honestly put ourselves back into a 17 or 18-year-old's shoes and say with a straight face, oh, yeah, somebody guaranteeing me a deal that's going to help pay me money to play as opposed to the place that's not you seriously are going to tell me that would not influence your decision at all come on now what are we doing here it's ridiculous of course it's a factor it should be a factor it's it's the same if we if we are looking at all of this differently now which we are as employment with the amount of time and revenue involved then yes, it's going to influence recruiting decisions. Like, and that's that's not a negative thing. So, I think Kenny had to probably learn that more getting out on the recruiting trail, or the staff in, in general probably had to come to this realization. Josh maybe had to talk to him about it. So, I, I don't think it was mainly like a negative thing. I think it was more of, oh wow, this game really has changed. This is kind of just open now. To, to be able to, to have these conversations. And I think that's something he had to learn. By the way, we have a texter who texted into the UPS Jobs text line inside the city of Louisville. It looks like a half dozen turkeys in his front yard, at least. <laughs> so apparently I am turkey yeah. repellent. I don't, know, I don't know how else to describe it than that. That's, uh, uh, yeah, wow, they sent a picture and everything. Thank you for that's that. That's a bunch. I'm impressed uh, by that. Uh, but look, I- I'm hoping that that people who have been extremely negative and extremely disappointed in the way things have gone, particularly the recruiting part of this, can at least lean into and find some encouragement in the fact that if Louisville was able to go out and do this, there's reason to be optimistic. If Assuming they get it done with Dennis Evans, and it seems like it's, it's going to get done, but we'll see. And if you're skeptical, I 
have no issues with your skepticism. We've had so much bravado about the way recruiting would go. Yeah. yeah. That has not materialized. I'm if you want to be skeptical about it, that's totally fine. But if, if they're able to to finish this off and get this kid to come in, like that's a to me it's a you should be encouraged by that. That's a great sign that yes. not only that it's like a, a mindset change, if that's really what it is, or whatever it might be, it's different than it had been up to this point. And they took a big swing. This wasn't, you know, some sort of NIL deal, ba- uh, bank breaking deal for somebody that it's questionable how they might be able to help you. This is a legit five star seven footer that, in, that, that anybody would have wanted. 100%. Couldn't and, go any better. And it's the type of big man that Louisville really needs, in my opinion. Now, I say all of this, again, going back to what I said earlier about, like, look, nothing's guaranteed here. We think he's going to be, it doesn't mean he's going to come in and dominate or anything, but they they need a shot blocker, length, somebody who is predicated on the defensive end of the floor. Well, I mean, according to 24-7, this is, we're talking about, the, this is the number three center in the class. Yep. So, yeah, you missed out on Bradshaw. He's, what, number one? Yeah, man, he's an impressive kid to watch. I will say that. No question. But like getting the third, I'll take that. 100%. Uh, I, a million times it, over. There's, I would say from a skepticism point of view, I would say nowadays I, I think everybody has to wait a little bit more for like the name to be on the dotted line. And even in some cases, look, even in the, the – uh, Dennis is, is one of them, I believe, who can get released from the NLI. Yeah, getting it on the dotted line doesn't even make it final Right. Anymore. I'm just like, <laughs> we. Uh, I, I respect being a little more cautious about it because, look, Louisville football's recruiting class turned out just fine, but Ruben Owens was one of the top recruits of the country and got a, a Louisville tattoo and didn't end up here. So I get it. Like, you don't have to, to dive fully into the pool of, like, this kid's changing everything. Like, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the cautious optimism, I definitely understand that. But if if it if it comes through and it's still kind of negative, I'm like, well, I, I don't really get that. I mean, yeah, it's not a guarantee, but clearly, this is a kid that you want to pursue, and will help an area of the game that Louisville really could use some help. Uh, let's go uh, to the phones here. Paul jumped right in, so let's go ahead and get him on. Uh, in here, Paul. Thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the Driving on Thunderbolt. What's up? Hey, I just wanted to uh, comment on all this NIL stuff, uh, which, and I, I do agree with you all on the recruiting. I'm not, until they bounce the basketball uh, in Yum Center, I'm really not hot and heavy on recruiting. I want to see them in, in the building, and then I'll be okay. We got that guy. But as far as NIL, from, from what I understand, because when NIL was first announced. It was kind of like wild, wild west. Uh, NIL is here. NCAA said no rules, basically. You know, um, but I've been hearing like uh, I think the Miami, uh, the women's coach in in Miami got into a little bit of trouble Mm -hmm. because she actually kind of brokered or not really brokered or introduced saying, hey, here's this guy. He can give you this money. And I'm I'm wondering if that's not going to be where the the coaches can't be advocating nil money, but you know kids are going to gravitate to schools that have larger pools, like you know in larger cities, or someone like uh, uh, Oklahoma State who has a multi-billionaire yep. uh, benefactor who will throw any money around that needs to be thrown for anything for the athletic department. So, you know, I I think that's the the fine line that's going to end up coming out is the coach can't really be involved. They can know that NIL money is there, but the coach can't say, yeah, we can get you a million dollars with of NIL money over here. And so I'm, I'm wondering if that's where where it's all going to head to kind of give it some structure. Appreciate uh, the call there, Paul. Yeah, Look, I I think we have only just begun to play the game of of NIL uh, and that what it looks like now doesn't even look like what we thought it would look like 
a year and a half ago when all of this started. What was it, July uh, of 2021, or was it 20, whenever it was? Yeah. Like it, it is obviously it has changed quite a bit, uh, even in the just a little bit of time that it's been allowed. And I do think, by the way, that some of Kenny's comments that sounded like kind of universal negatives about NIL were really Kenny talking about like, I don't want to talk about that a lot. You know, like I don't view that as like the the thing for my job, but going four and twenty five or whatever does have a way of sort of shaking some of the cobwebs clear. Yeah. And whatever whatever hesitation you might have had, uh, I'm hopeful that if they get this thing done uh, with Dennis Evans and that it even if it is being primarily driven by NIL, I'm hopeful that it that it represents a change in mindset and that there will be more, not less of this. Well, and to, to Paul's call for a second, it's interesting that he brought up that aspect of NIL because quite recently, the state of Florida amended its NIL laws to allow coaches to be directly involved in negotiations between student-athletes and, and uh, collectives. So clearly, it's been seen as like, okay even if a coach is restricted from doing that, there are places that are recognizing, all right, the coach probably should have like some sort of say or be able to do this without getting into uh, any legal trouble or, or whatever. But th- this all comes back to, again, and, and you and I will probably get into this as we talked about before the show, about the, the NCAA's role in all of this and the Committee on Infractions is like in this place of like, well, what do we really do here anymore? What is our purpose and that's a question that that organization has failed at answering consistently. Oh, I, I think there's certainly less of a uh, a moral legitimacy to them. How about that? Oh, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I think that, you know, when when Dana O'Neill tweets the other day, I thought the I thought the whole point was to not poke the bear that is the NCA. But no one cares about poking the bear at all. Oh, yeah. I, it's just Do they. No one cares about that stuff anymore. Poking what bear? The NCAA. The teddy bear that is the NCAA? Like, if the NCAA is a bear, it's like Little Bear from the cartoon. Remember that show? We're going to try to think of like all the not intimidating bears we can think of. Yes, that's the NCAA. Paddington? Yes, Paddington Bear. Great, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, Fozzie? Well, what are we doing there? Do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fozzie would be another one. Uh, not Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. No, not Cocaine Bear. Definitely not Cocaine Bear. Are you going to see that? I still, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to see that. Are you kidding me? I think Absolutely. I'm too. 100% going to see that. I, I'm excited for to go see Cocaine Bear. And I didn't even know about its like Kentucky origins until recently. I didn't know about the Kentucky Origins party. You have to tell me some more about that on the other side here. Yeah. On the drive on the Be right back.